What's that? What's that? They're still going strong. That's amazing. Amen. Well, before we take up communion, let's take up an offering. Amen. Come on down, Grace. There is a name that reigns above all others. It's Jesus Christ, the name above all names. No clue, hon. So, Father, we just praise you and we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for your provision. We thank you what you're doing here and what you're doing in our hearts, most of all, how you're changing us to be more and more like you. Lord, we thank you for each person here. We pray that you would bless them, bless the work of their hands, that you would prosper them, Lord God, and that you would just go before them and make straight their paths. Lord God, I pray that you would do miracles in our finances, Lord God, here in this place and all those that are hearing. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Julie, you want to come down for communion? Can you put on John 1, 7? Yeah. For, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. First John 1, 7. <laughs> That's why I was wrong. <laughs> First John one seven and Okay. We're gonna be <laughs> Maisie wants communion. Too bad she doesn't have a soul. <laughs> Soul. <laughs> Soul. <laughs> Maybe she does. <laughs> Maybe they just have a always God-fearing soul. Um, so we're going to partake together this morning in the breaking of the bread and the miracle of Holy Communion. And I picked out a song that we're going to we're going to sing and do our communion with, um, and, uh, but I wanted to read two scriptures. First is John 1, 7, and um, so let's stand to read this together. Can we stand to read God's word? <laughs> stand up, stand up. <laughs> okay. So let's read together. One, two, read. <laughs> 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What, what purifies us from all sin? What purifies us from all sin? The blood of Jesus. Okay, now, Joe, can you put up Exodus 12, 13 to 28? Yeah, you can sit down. <laughs> and we're going to read that together. And this is the story of the Passover of when the death angel passed over the houses of the Israelites. And uh, why did it pass over the house of the Israelites? Do you remember? Do you remember, Ephraim? When the death angel passed over the house of the Israelites, what made the death angel pass over? What did the Israelites have to do? Do you remember? Does anybody else remember, Julia? They had to put the blood on the doorpost and on the lant lantel. <laughs> the lentil. Okay, so we're going to, uh, it is verse 13 to 28. Ready? Let's read together. Tell me when. Okay, here we go. One, two, read. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh day, must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do no work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. In the first month, you are to eat bread made without yeast. From the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses, and whoever eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is an alien or native-born. 
eating nothing with, with yeast. Wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. Not one of you shall go out the door of his house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. This is for today, guys. This scripture is, was for Moses and the Israelites as a, a foreshadow of today and what Jesus did for us when he shed his blood. So let's read. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. Interesting, isn't it? That at that special time, that foreshadow of Jesus coming and being the final sacrificial lamb, God sealed it with a meal. He sealed it with a meal. Amen. It's what they ate. The, it's what they did with the blood over the door that Jesus has done, as we read in 1 John 1, 7, that his blood forgives us of all sin. That is our forgiveness. Amen? So we're, gonna, we're going to uh, sing this song together. And then we'll partake. So uh, if you want to play that now. Ephraim, can you go hit the lights, buddy? Amen. Amen. We Amen. plead the blood.
the old timies, the old timers, they pled the blood of Jesus over their family, over their life, over their children. This is the power of God, is through his blood. And we have that available to us today and every day. And what we're going to do right now with our communion is we're going to partake of that blood and that body of Jesus. And what I'm going to ask you to do as Joe just plays that music softly in the background is I'm going to ask you to come up and get the blood and the body and go back to your seat and pastor will anoint you. I was, I was trying to decide. Grandpa, Chris, <laughs> but Pastor Chris, your shepherd, will anoint you with oil. So we're going to hit all the bases. We're going we're gonna to take the blood, and we're going to take the body, and we're going to be anointed with the Holy Ghost. Because when you take the body, that's for your healing. When you take the blood, that's for your forgiveness. And he washes you white as snow. I don't care what your sin is. His blood is more powerful than any sin that you could commit. And all sin is, 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 the, is the mark of Christ. It's like an arrow. And it shoots to the heart of Jesus, right? Well, when we sin, our arrow is off. It goes in a different direction. So we miss the heart of Jesus, right? So this is what the blood does as we partake. And this is what the Holy Spirit does through the anointing of the oil. Through the anointing, he fills those spaces. He fills those spaces. So let's partake together. When you come up, let Chris anoint you and uh, say a word over you. And then go back to your seats and we'll partake together. God is good, amen. amen. Thank you, Father. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name over your word, Lord God, that your word would come alive to us, speak to us, that your word would change us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. The title of my sermon is Don't Grieve the Spirit, Live as Children of the Light. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verse 17. 
verse 17 through verse 32. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. What separates you from the life of God? Sin. Right? Sin separates you from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with your regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What do we hear everybody say? We must die to ourselves. Amen? We must die to ourselves. Paul is telling us that we have put off the former way of life, the old self, and we're taking up a new way of life. The new self, which is in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his hands, his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Amen. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? 
The word grieve means to make sad or sorryful. It means to cause sorrow or pain or distress. And what makes the Holy Spirit sad? We just read it in verse 29. Any unwholesome talk, foul or abusive language. One. Two. Bitterness. An embittered and resentful spirit that refuses to be reconciled. Some people just like to be mad. <laughs> Some people just love conflict and anger. They thrive for it. They live for it. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Rage. Uncontrolled anger. Shouting and screaming. Slanderous. Speaking evil of others. Plotting evil of others, malicious behavior, that grieves the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we deny His power and that His works are still, are, and that His works are not for today. That's grieving the Holy Spirit when we deny the Holy Spirit. We also grieve the Holy Spirit when we use Him to excuse our sinful ways. The Holy Spirit is always the Spirit of holiness. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit is always the Spirit of holiness. And God calls us to be holy, for God is holy. Amen. And as children of the light and as Christians, we are to live such good lives. We are to live such holy lives that our brothers and sisters in the world see it and they might turn from their evil ways and turn to God. The Holy Spirit is always holy. He means to show us our sins, not to excuse them, but to show us our sins that we can repent and ask forgiveness so that we could be made right and be in right standing with God. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we turn from righteousness. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we do anything, anything that separates us from God. Remember, grieve means to make sorrow, to make sad. To be sad. The Holy Spirit is sad when we do anything that separates us from the love of God. He weeps. He cries over you. He longs for you. He loves you. He doesn't want to 
bring any harm to you. He wants you to be in the right standing of God, with God. He weeps when we walk in darkness instead of light. He weeps when we speak foul words and we get angry and we speak maliciously about each other, about our brothers and sisters, our co-workers, when we do deceitful things behind their backs. He weeps because that separates us from the love of God. Do you know that the Holy Spirit in the Bible is described as light? He is light to illuminate God's word. The Holy Spirit is light. He illuminates God's word. He brings it alive to us. Have you ever been in a dark room and you turn on a flashlight to read a book? That is like the Holy Spirit. You couldn't read that book if you didn't have that flashlight, could you? You couldn't read the words on the page if it's dark, unless you have light to read it. The Holy Spirit is the light that illuminates God's word, that brings it alive to us. And he speaks to our spirit. He opens God's word up to us. The Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. Never. Never. The Holy Spirit is a light. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. What the Holy Spirit does... It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 12, and 13, But the Spirit that is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. The Spirit that is from God is the Spirit that opens up our understanding to understand what God has freely given us. And what God has freely given us is salvation through Jesus Christ by the blood that we just partook of, by the washing away of sins. God gave us that freely. God is not punishing us for our sins, even though he is right and just to do that. But if we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives, God cleanses us from all unrighteousness and washes us and makes us whole. And that is a free gift from God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen? A free gift. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that gift. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. He will counsel you. In John chapter 16, verse 5, 
markers everywhere here. It says this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Jesus is kind of telling his disciples this. He's like, listen, these things are going to happen. I'm telling you ahead of time. So you won't worry. But I think they were, when, when Jesus was crucified, I think they forgot this word. <laughs> and I think it was John that remembered it. It says, now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the counsel, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict you. He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So think about that for one moment. When you do something wrong, right? When you do something wrong or say something wrong or do something mean and you know immediately that you have done something wrong, that is the Holy Spirit convicting you. Right? When you feel wrong and you feel guilty that you just did something wrong and you know you did, that's the Holy Spirit inside you telling you, convicting you, saying, you know what? You did something wrong, but now you got to make it right. And how you make it right is repent and ask for forgiveness. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that we can be made right when we do something wrong. Thank God that we are sensitive enough to know that we do something wrong. That we're listening. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. What I'm trying to say to you is that's the Holy Spirit of God talking to you. You know, we're... We, we get this sense sometimes that God is so far away from us that he can't hear us, that he doesn't understand us. But yet, we don't realize it when he's right there, even when we're doing something wrong, and you know you're doing something wrong, he's right there pricking your heart, telling you you shouldn't have done that, or don't do it. And he usually gives you a warning beforehand because you know sometimes, just before you do something wrong, that you shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be drinking. Shouldn't be smoking. I shouldn't be partying. I shouldn't be doing all these other things. Shouldn't be lying. You know? <laughs> My wife is smiling. But you know it. And but that I just want you to realize how close God is to you. Even through all of those times of your thoughts, how close God is right there next to you telling you, no, don't do it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That God cares so much for you and he loves you so much that he doesn't want to see you separated by sin from him 
that his Holy Spirit is right there telling you, no, 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 no. Don't think like that. Don't be thinking like that about other people. Are you edifying, building up? Don't be getting angry. Don't swear. Because you know it as soon as you do it, afterwards you feel guilty. Don't you? As soon as you do it, you feel, darn it, I wish I'd never done that. And then you got to pay the price for your sin, right? You either got to get your phone taken away, get your Xbox taken away, or something crazy like that, right? You have to, you know, you do the crime, do the time, what they say. So, but the Holy Spirit is always right there, and His Word says it, that He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will always provide a way out for you. That's what the Word of God says. Amen? And as Christians, we're not supposed to be thinking or acting that way anyways, right? We're not supposed to be living like the world. We're supposed to be living separate from the world. Well, although we live in the world, we still got to be separated from the world. But God's grace and love is so good, and it's so big that when we do sin, because God knows we're going to fail, but when we do sin and fail and fall short of the glory of God, we can go to God and we can ask forgiveness. And God's word said he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what you've done, no matter what sin you have, God's blood, like we just, like your, like Julie, the pastor's wife, I was going to say grandma, or, you know, but the first lady of the church, <laughs> but said earlier, God's blood will cleanse us cleanse us and set us free when we apply the blood of Jesus. Amen? All right, where am I? <clears throat> so, the Holy Spirit is there to convict you. He's close to you. He's standing right next to you. He's with you wherever you go. The Holy Spirit is there. And he's there to protect you and keep you from harm because he loves you. He doesn't want to see you separated from God and into sin, but he wants to see you with God in eternity forever. In re Let's see here. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness... Because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. That's the devil, right? The prince of this world is the devil. And he knows that his time is short. So he knows that he's, he's been condemned already. He's been judged by God, condemned to death. He's been condemned to the pit of eternal fire forever, where he's going to be cast to 
He's been condemned and he knows it. Although he still tries everything in his toolbox to try to pull you away from God. Even though he's condemned, he wants to make you feel condemned too. You just rebuke the devil. You tell him like Jesus told him, get thee behind me, Satan. Amen? I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So what is he? What is he? He's a counselor. He's light. He's the spirit of truth. And he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. So he also will warn you, right? He doesn't speak on his own. He only speaks when he hears the Father speak in heaven. And he will warn you of things to come. Like a prophet or a prophetess who gives a warning to those. The Holy Spirit will give you a warning. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All the belongings. So listen. The Holy Spirit will also reveal to you all of the authority that Christ has given you. And what did Jesus say when he went to heaven? When he ascended to heaven? And he looked down at the disciples and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I in turn give it to you. Go out and make nations. Bring nations into the kingdom. Make disciples of nations. Go out and preach the gospel, the good news. You know what that gospel of good news is? Is that Jesus Christ, God, came to earth, went to the cross for us, died and rose again, and now is seated at the right hand of God. And he did that to redeem mankind because he did it to set the captives free so that we can be in eternity with him forever. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And it was God's plan from the very beginning. The Holy Spirit will bring glory to God, to Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So that we can live a victorious life here on earth right now. So that we do not have to be deceived or chained or bound by the enemy so that we could be set free so that we can live by truth and live by faith and have hope and a belief in God that cannot be shaken. Amen? Amen. In a little while you will see me no more. Let's see here. All, uh, I missed a verse. Verse uh, 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Boy, that could be it. That could be two parts right there of that scripture, couldn't it? Jesus right there could be talking. He's talking to his disciples. In a little while 
you will see me no more. And then you will see me. Remember when he died on the cross? And then he rose again? They didn't see him for three days, but yet they saw him again after the resurrection? Three days after he was in the tomb? We just celebrated Easter. You guys know this. Right? And the disciples didn't see him for three days? And then all of a sudden it was the women that saw him first. Then he appeared to the, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Then he all of a sudden appeared into the room where he was told them to go and stay. You can look at it like that or you can look at it like this. How the world saw him. How he came to the earth to redeem mankind. And how he's coming back to catch us all up into the sky with him in heaven. Because a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Amen? He could be talking about two parts there. In these last days that we're living in, we must be found living as children of the light. We must be living as children of the light. We must be separating ourselves from the world and the world's ways and living as children of the light. We want God to find us faithful to Him. Amen? We want to be living as children of the light. We are heirs to the throne. We do not want to be caught off guard and be found living in darkness. You do not want to be found living in darkness. And doing anything that grieves the Holy Spirit. Or doing anything that will separate us from the love of God. We want to be found faithful. Amen. We want to be living, as Paul told the Ephesians in, in Ephesians chapter 5, to be imitators of God. as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us. And he gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But among you must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, and has, and has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in light. 
in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists on all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And found out what pleases the Lord. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is a shameful even to mention. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And I want to tell you, the days that we are living in are becoming more and more and more evil. And what they are planning is pure evil. That's why we need to be found faithful, living holy, righteously, lives for Christ Jesus. Run from sin and run to God. Amen? Run from sin and run to God. I want to just share this, and I'll close with this, and I can teach on this some more. But 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 9 through verses 12, it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, to you, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world, to obtain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Did you hear that? We are aliens. We are aliens, Ephraim. We are aliens. We are not of this world. Our home is not earth. Our home is heaven. We are aliens. We are just sojourners here on this earth. The Bible says we're like flowers that bloom one day and fade another. If you want proof of an alien, then look in the mirror. You're an alien. Amen? Amen. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. God is coming soon. Morning, night, or noon, many will see their doom. 
But we will lift our heads and praise God because our Lord and Savior is coming to take all us aliens away in the big mothership of heaven. Amen? That's the mothership that's coming down that everybody's going to think is an alien invasion. And it sure is going to be an invasion of light. Amen? Amen? So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for this word. I pray that, Lord, that you would, Lord God, let it speak to our hearts. That, Lord God, that you would open our minds to receive, our hearts to receive all that you have for us today. And that you would bless us, bless us abundantly. And we give you all the praise and honor for what you're going to do, Lord God, in our lives, in this near future. Lord God, your coming is soon, 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 very soon. We're going to see the King. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for all your blessings. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us and still convicts us and changes our heart. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, Lord God, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.